To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's podcast, I have on Preston Ward from Mountain Physio. So I met Preston at one of the TAC events in Salt Lake City, and we've kept in touch ever since. And so he started this business about physical therapy for us bow hunters or for us hunters. And uh, he really helps guys with injuries, rehab, and get back to hunting season. He also helps prep hunters for these big mountain hunts that they're going to be going on. And so it made for a really interesting conversation about our bodies, what's susceptible, what helps us the most, exercises that we can do, what's going to be most beneficial in recovering from an injury. Uh, so just a great topic. And Preston's a diehard bow hunter as well. And so, um, we dive deep down the rabbit hole. This year he started hunting antelope with a bow, and so we talk about that. Uh, he was able to harvest a bison with his bow, and so we talk about his setup for that. And then just some general hunting and stalking tips. Uh, and, and then we dive into the physical therapy side of things. But it made for an awesome conversation. Uh, I learned some stuff, and uh, I also really enjoyed it and think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. Just want to thank a couple sponsors here. I want to thank Cryptech. Cryptech has put together the best technical mountaineering system that I've ever had. I'm super impressed by it all the way from early season to mid season to late season. Uh, I've got the gear to keep me comfortable and keep me out there uh, hunting for longer and uh, also keep me safe. The first line of defense is our clothing. So uh, from the early season, the Sonoran shirts, Sonoran pants are great. Uh, all the way to mid and late season, they now offer the Sentinel pant, which is a puffy pant, uh, which is just awesome on the vantage point. I think their their puffy coats are the best in the business. They're cut long, so uh, they hang down and uh, you know, cover kind of my midsection, super warm, super well insulated, lightweight, uh, great hoods on them, just great gear top to bottom. Uh, so impressed. And I love their camo patterns as well. I use that obscure transitional for a lot of my hunts. It does really good in open country and blends in really well. Uh, like that. It's like I'm invisible out there if I'm not moving. Uh, I also like their altitude it's a darker pattern, but it really blends in good with the timber and the trees and the shadows. Uh, so I've been using that a lot for moose. Uh, so just a great pattern. But uh, if you're in the market for any new gear, make sure to go check out Cryptech. They're absolutely killing it with their gear. I also want to thank Black Ovis. Uh, so impressed by Black Ovis's site and Black Ovis's name brands. Uh, I was checking them out last week. Uh, I got a big hunt coming up. Had to grab a couple things. I've been using their game bags, which I've been really impressed by. But they carry all the top name brands along with their own brands, and they uh, offer great deals. Uh, they also have a point system that they use where one point equals one dollar. So if you make purchases, you get points. If you do a review on any of the gear items you buy, you get points. And then you can use those for future purchases. Uh, they also have an arrow ID to help you choose arrows. They have uh, uh, a, a bunch of uh, great programs that they do. And those guys are all hunters themselves. 
so they know the right gear to have. And you can save 10% by using our promo code on there. So just plug in uh, Eastman's 10. That'll save you 10%. And uh, also brings to w- some weight to the podcast and the advertising they do with this. So I sure appreciate you guys for that. I also want to thank Camo Fire. Camo Fire is uh, an app where they have 80 new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours. So they keep the top name brands and you can get these huge discounts on gear by watching that app. Uh, so if you're in the market for some new gear, want to check out some new stuff, make sure to check out Camo Fire. I also want to thank Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, so I'm sipping on some Black Rifle now. They just um, they make the best coffee in the business. I'm so impressed by their roasts. I'm part of their coffee club, so I get a new bag every single month that shows up. Uh, just they are all great flavors. Like uh, uh, I love their roasts. They really put a lot of time and effort into it, and I love drinking it. They also have the best instant in the business. Their instant coffee is actually real coffee that's freeze dried. Uh, and it it doesn't bother my gut at all. Uh, I feel really good on it. Tastes like a good cup of coffee. Uh, keeps me alive all hunting season with their instant packets. They also have uh, some tea bags that are good as well. And uh, all their stuff's good in there. I, I love their apparel as well. Uh, always wearing their hats. And um, they got some good quality shirts, so you can check that out as well. And thanks to those guys for the support of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, so if you're in the market, if you love coffee... Uh, check out Black Rifle Coffee Company. With that, over at Eastman's, uh, we've got that mule deer course that Dan Carr, Guy Eastman, and I came up with. You guys can check that out by searching Eastman's uh, mule deer course. And um, yeah, we're continuing to add to it, uh, film some stuff this season that we're going to add into the program. So yeah, really excited. I think it's a great value. I think you can cut your learning curve by years uh, in a couple weeks' time walking through the over 100 videos that we have on that. So uh, you can check that out. Check us out on Beyond the Grid, new episodes hitting. Um, Got some good new hunts of mine. Dan Picard has been killing it on there. Such a great elk hunter. He killed two giant bulls this year. Super happy for that guy. Got to get him back on the podcast to talk elk. But um. Yeah, we're doing that. Uh, we've got the Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. We've got Tag Hub, which is our internet research tool as we're starting to wind down on hunting season for research for next season. And they're always evolving that and making that better as well. So, yeah, check out everything we do over there at Eastman's and uh, sure appreciate your guys' support. And um, with that... So uh, probably going to hear me talking about moose and the challenges, like not only on this podcast, but on a few future ones. It's It's been my it's been my life here recently, just trying to fit in days. And so I have uh, uh, over 30 days in and I'm actual, actually um, right in the middle of an experience right now. So uh, arrowed a good bowl last night and last light. Super pumped, man. It's been a long time coming, uh, close to 30 days that was 37, 38, or no, 38, 39, 40. That was my 40th moose I had seen. And uh, finally caught up to a, to a good bull, super stoked, put a perfect arrow in him. So um, I'm in the middle of an experience now. Uh, I've got to get this podcast out to you guys at about 4.30 in the morning now. So uh, be back in there at daybreak. And um, you know, I shot him about max distance you could shoot from a road. So uh, we're going to have to work to get him out. He's a couple miles back in there, and, and they are big. But, uh, oh, man, just so amazing. It's just um, 
such an awesome experience. So much hard work, effort, determination. Um, I'm, I'm cloud nine right now. So we'll get this podcast out to you guys. I, I will, um, I'll release something here on social media, uh, some photos of the bowl after I get them and after I get them all packed out. And then, um, I definitely want to record a podcast just on, um, moose and on thoughts and, you know, in, in the way it ties to other seasons and other hunts. So, um, man, I couldn't be more stoked. I'm in the middle of the experience now. I, it's a little unfair to tell you guys I shot one when I haven't packed it out yet. So, um, I got to get back in there and get all that quality meat out. So, um, man, I'm just super stoked. Just amazing. So, um, with that, let's get into this podcast. It's a great one. I really appreciate Preston Ward coming on. Uh, learned a ton during this podcast and really enjoyed the conversation. So again, this is Preston Ward from Mountain Physio or Mountain Psycho. Like his, uh, I think his, he told a joke on the podcast. I hope it's on, uh, I, I think he was talking about somebody he ran into at a show that read his shirt wrong. It's, it's so funny how the brain will auto-complete things. But Mountain Physio is the actual name. But Mountain Psycho fits too. Uh, but uh, uh, just a great guy. Really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. There we go. Cool. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, sorry. Thanks for <laughs> my patient was going longer as well. So I'm like, oh, shoot. But it's, all good. <laughs> it's always a, a scramble or a hustle to get through the day. At least for me, it seems like I'm I'm always trying to get to some appointment or get to the job site or some meeting, like pretty much um, organized chaos. Pretty much exactly. <laughs> for sure. What, what do you what else? What else do you do for work? You're up in Montana, mm-hmm. right? Yep, I'm in Ennis, Montana, and so uh, are you in Ennis? We so yeah, we drove right through that then um, on our way to Billings. Oh, right on. Um, there's that. Uh, whatever we drove, we actually took pictures of the elk over the main street or whatever. That I don't know what it is, the lodge or whatever. Yeah, um, probably like the the tin, the like the pack horse with the, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a super cool little town and community. I'd love living here for sure. I'm I'm super fortunate to be able to make a living here. So yeah, I run a small construction company and then yeah, do this stuff in the outdoor industry as well. So yeah, it keeps yeah, me hopping. Awesome. I take too much work, that's for sure. And then doing a personal <laughs> house right now and um oh, yeah, yeah nice. and trying to like uh, uh hunt as much as possible. And so uh I'm just running for myself sure. ragged. I think my wife looked at me this morning and says Gosh, you have some big bags under your eyes. What have you been doing? It's like, well, I worked till eight last night. I haven't taken a day off, and I don't know how long, you know, it's like going for it all weekend, you know, 10 to 15 mile days. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm beat up and I'm getting old. It's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, I feel like that's how it is, though. It's like, well, I've been, man, like last week going crazy after. So there's a big buck running around here in Utah, and, trying to like I found him had him on the opener apparently I was only like 300 yards from him and he's eluded people the last multiple years and so now everyone's after him so on the opener there was 50 people in this space and it was just disgusting actually and so now I'm on a mission though I'm like I gotta find him again where is he and it's like same thing I'm just like I work go to the work at the hospital and then I do my own business as well this mountain physio um as well so I do them both so I'll work at the hospital or just see some patients here and then I'll go up for three or four hours and the other day I'm just like 
I'm just tired. By the end of hunting season, I'm just tired. Like <laughs> I know, no matter how hard just... I train or how hard I prepare, it's like um, you just you know it is the time to to push your limits. Like most days, mm-hmm. I'm pushing to get in a run, but if it's hunting season, it's like any free waking moment. I need to be out there trying to make something happen. And so, yeah, you know, it's not only the the miles or the effort. It's just it's like trying to work multiple full time jobs. You know, like both of your full time <laughs> exactly. jobs and then hunting's full time as well, and then family life, and then um. Yeah, yeah, and and sleep deprived. Like uh, some of the places I'm hunting, like it's nice to sleep over there during the weekends. But if I get a free mm-hmm. morning or evening, you know, I'm just stuck to driving a couple hours in the dark and a couple hours mm-hmm. back and just trying to fit it in. But uh, it, I'm with you. It does make us feel alive, though. It's like the only thing we think about when it's not season, you know. So I guess I shouldn't complain oh. too loud. I'm just glad I can go walk around with my bow and try to arrow something. I know that's how I am too. I, it's so much fun. It's just that's what we live for, really. Is just bow hunting. I was thinking about it. I'm like, I know that. I'm like, I want to. I'm like, I want to ask Brian what his favorite animal to pursue is. I know what it is. It's mule deer. But I'm like, honestly, it's. I just love hunting with a bow. It's so much fun. Like, anyways, it's just fun. When I went up to, so we were up in Billings, and antelope hunting up there this year, and that was so much fun. That was like, that was. Seriously, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I need to hunt elk in September anymore. I could hunt antelope in September and be okay with it. Dude, I'm I'm with you. Like, um, people always want you to pick your favorite species, but it's really like, mm-hmm. um, I'm like you. Like, I love bow hunting and I love the challenge mm-hmm. of different species and different habitats. And like you say, antelope hunting is some of the funnest hunting I do every single year. I look forward to yeah. it. Action, those dark horns, the prairie, wide open country, super switched on critters. Like, man, that's bow hunting action. And, you know, you asked me what my favorite is during the elk rut, and I'm going to tell you elk, you know, because it's elk for sure. <laughs> so thrilling to go chase around. But if it's June and I'm going to Hawaii to hang out with my buddies, then it's Hawaii hunting axis deer. Like, there's, yep, there's exactly. so many fun things to hunt that, um, it's tough for me to choose just one. And now like I'm in the yeah. middle of, um, you know, I had a good first couple mule deer hunts and, um, elk hunt, antelope hunt. And now I'm on this moose tag and it's just super yeah. challenging, man. It's like a new species in a new habitat. And I caught myself, you know, I'm maybe 20 days in now or something crazy, you know, like just every free moment trying to get to moose mm-hmm. country and mm-hmm. find them. But the, you know, and I've hunted Yukon Alaskan moose. This is my first time for Shiras, and I scouted mm-hmm. hard. And now that it's season, it's just like, oh, I just need to be out there and in moose country. Um, but it it's really, it it's like uh, so random when you run into a big bull. Like they're so spread out yeah. throughout the landscapes, and their densities are so low that it really yep. takes being on the ball. And the things are out in the open for maybe the first half an hour of light, and then they're timbered up, and so. I just have all these tactics of master vantage points, driving roads, and making hunts. And I I actually had the best day I ever had. Like on Saturday, I saw 13 of them. And I saw um, one shooter bull that was a good one that um, I went in on, and I hunted him for three hunts, a morning, an evening, and the next morning. And I ran into a smaller bull and passed him at 40 yards, ran into another couple cows, 
and, and man, I hung out for like 10, 15 minutes, never saw a bull. And, you know, finally it's like, okay, well, I'll just leave them here and then I'll come back and check on them. And they're just bedded like 20, 30 yards in front of me on this ridge. And I try to sneak <laughs> around them. And I guess I just didn't give them like, you know, it's trying to play the winds. It was coming down in the coulee. It was coming up in the meadow. And so I tried to go around him and my wind must have swirled and I spooked him. And there was another critter or two in there that I saw flash by that could have been my bull, you know, but um, yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just been super challenging, but I do like, it is going to make me a better hunter. And I caught oh, myself yeah. going like, man, I'm just a crappy moose hunter. I'm like, man, you just can't talk that way. It's like, I may be a crappy moose hunter, but by the end of this, I'll be a good one, you know, or at least have some yeah. sense of, how to find these things but yeah man it's been challenged for sure i mean that's so much i mean this is all i don't know this is all good material too but that's so much what bow hunting is is just um even that like positive mental attitude which from a healthcare practitioner i talk a lot about not even in the hunting world but since my business is geared towards hunters and bow hunters it's like having that positive mental attitude is so important and same thing the other day i'm like hiking up this 3000 vert hill or you know this basin and i'm like i'm just tired i'm like man i don't know if i like like i love it but i'm like man what is going on why can't i get this done this year i'm just like discouraged i'm telling myself i'm discouraged then you're like no you got to get that out of your head like this is bow hunting it's hard work (laughs) especially when you're going after those you know big trophies and stuff but anyways man so it's so true you don't mind if we just get into it do you no, not at all. Okay, no. cool. I'll just um, – I've already got it recording, so yeah, we'll just go from here. Like you say, it's – like I knew I'd just connect with you like on a bow hunting level, so I didn't really need mm-hmm. a plan for the podcast. It was just pretty much start talking, <laughs> but um, if that is it, man. It's like um, that positive mental attitude, positive mental talk, and it's – you know, even the guys that are consistently successful like uh, – you know uh, – even me out there, like I have self doubt. Mm-hmm. I have like a waning motivation. I have responsibilities that I think about or that I need to get back to. But it, it is, I have to go through those same steps that I preach or that I tell guys. That exact same thing that you're talking about is that yep. positive self talk, you know, that, hey, just, you know, you've been waiting all year for this. Just keep putting forth effort. It'll come together. You know, keep hunting hard. Keep theorizing. Uh, keep making positive moves. And it is like, you know, the greater the challenge, the greater the reward. So something that pushes you to your limits, like, like Shire Smith's 20 days. And dude, it's just the way it is. Like I've got this buddy up that's elk hunting and I'm like, oh, you should go check out this spot. I was glassing for moose there and I saw a nice six point bull and he goes up in there and sure enough runs into a giant moose, which it's great. It's like, I've got him scouting for me. And then I just scour where he sees that bull and I can't find it. He goes up another drainage. He's like, oh, I saw another monster up there. He was even bigger. His paddles were this big. And it's like, ah. So then I go look for that one. Like I'm chasing this vapor trail of these moving targets that go around. So it is like like frustrating at times, you know, and I do – pride myself like i've built a good hunting base and hunting skill set you know to to find success consistently and so you know it's just a tough hunt it's going to be a tough challenge but it'll it'll mean all that much more you know if i if i do get one kill it's like it's like the beauty of bow hunting right oh for sure it's and it can switch it can change in a moment like you never my, my buddy a patient that i was working with today we were talking and he's like yeah i had a bull at like 200 yards this week and he had a rifle tag and he, he ran into someone else anyways he ended up not shooting he ended up shooting at it and stuff and he's like 
honestly, I thought to myself this morning, he's like, I'm not even going to go up. I just shouldn't even go up. Like, why would I go up? And I have had those thoughts as well. You're like, the moments that you just least expect it, you run into something, you're like, okay, now I got to put it into play. I got to play the wind. I got to, you know, whatever it is, play the wind. I got to, you know, check what, what my sense doing. I need to, you know, what's the, what are the thermals going to be doing? And you're like, okay, now it's game time. And so it's funny how it can just switch like that though. Man, it can, that's it. It's just like being out there and being in country and keep putting forth effort. And eventually you get one of those opportunities. You find a shooter and, um, you know, even if even if I don't know what I'm doing, eventually I'll just get lucky and bump into one. I'm just in the woods long enough, you know, and then it is exactly. about like being clutch with those opportunities, just like you talked yeah. about is like being at your best, not taking any shortcuts, you know, trying to read that wind to the best of your ability. And really, it's like your years of experience come into play with wind. What what are the thermals doing? What are the directionals doing? Yep. Being able to dissect what the wind's doing right there where you're at, how it's going to change, mm-hmm. what it's doing where the animal's at, like all that comes into play. And then, yeah, you have to um, sneak in and really rely upon your instincts to not get caught moving and to take the right approach and use the ungulation and like all these yep. decisions come into play and, and finding one – man, that's just half the battle. Like actually killing one is so <laughs> tough. Like even the, you know, I killed a great bull this year, but I think that yeah, was like my did. fourth or fifth, like good play on good shooter six point bulls. And I played them really good and patient, didn't give myself away, followed all my rules. And sometimes it just doesn't come together. Like those six, seven, eight year old bulls, they're crafty, man. They just like have a knack for making the right move, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely like I a mean, high degree of difficulty. Oh, absolutely. You hear it all the time that there's a reason why, you know, big bucks get big is just because they really are like smart. And like you say, crafty, they're just like, they know the move to make. And it's always seems to be against what we make and stuff. It's just, it's always impressed me how these animals, like, um, I guess we're in the midst of rifle season now and almost kind of coming to the end of it. And I'm always like, by the end, I'm always like, oh, please let a few deer get through the year. At least please let a few elk get through the year. Like all these rifle hunters, I feel like are just annihilating them. But then every year you go back and you're like, there's a big buck. So they obviously make it through a lot of the season. So it's just fun to watch. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, around here too, we've have like long general rifle seasons. Like it's getting ready yeah. to open up October 25th and go, you know, five weeks to the end of November for bulls and bucks oh, and dirt bucks yeah. during the rut, you know? And so they're susceptible, oh, yeah. but they do get conditioned throughout the years to find these places, these rutting grounds they can return to where they don't get pressured or these bulls, they find mm-hmm. these pockets to refuge in that can avoid, you know, the, the, the orange army of guys like i mean it's not an orange army yep. it's guys that are working hard and rifle season has its own set of challenges with the hunting pressure yep. and uh, uh tough seasons for game animals and like there's a lot of tough conditions but these animals just get conditioned to it and they get really good at hiding from guys no matter mm-hmm. what the season is whether it's with the bow rifle mm-hmm. muzzle loader you know whatever it is they get crafty good at, at like survival yeah, I'll tell you what was so wild about. Um, so coming up there this year and um, hunting that antelope, which was spot and stock antelope hunting, seriously, I'm like, that's my new – everyone seems like they're just fanatic about bugling elk and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing that in August, and I'm going to go hunt elk in August, and I'm going to hunt 
antelope in September. But um, what was so wild about that Montana, which was my first time up there, is how – like you'll find elk and even my buddy who I was with um, – He's like, yeah, I've seen moose down in this country. It's like he'll find moose, antelope, and elk and mule deer in the same country. I'm like, this is so wild. It's just so different up there. But yeah. cool, cool country. Yeah, a lot of those bulls will live in those sleeper spots and kind of some of those prairie spots for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they say that, like, originally they were a prairie animal. Yeah. Um, I, You know, I don't know. They seem perfectly adapted to the timber and the mountains and – you know, they really use their mobility to get away from people. But yeah, they um, there's a lot of sleeper bulls that live in the prairie. In fact, a kid that works for me that was antelope hunting this year found a good six point that he that he showed me. He didn't have an elk tag, and he's like, "Man, I found mm-hmm. this good six point while I was while I was antelope hunting." So yeah, um, you do find <laughs> them in overlapping habitats. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on those antelope, and um, they're really fun to hunt August fifteenth around here, but. That's when everybody goes, all the hunting pressure goes, it? and it's like pre-rut for those things. And so as it gets to September, like I never feel bad about holding my tag because the hunting gets so epic during September. Those those antelopes start to rut, chasing does, chasing other bucks around. Like, man, it can be some of the best bow hunting action all year long. And it's um, yeah. they're tiny critters. Uh, great eyesight like longer shots usually like they're a real challenge to kill with a bow like the first time oh yeah i decided to kill an antelope with a bow and i've been hunting the 900 tag every year since it came out but before it came out or i guess like the first years it came out uh it took me three seasons to kill an antelope with my bow it was like you know and i'd been bow hunting for a while i hadn't found a lot of bow hunting success i was still cutting my teeth and paying my dues but it took me three seasons to kill an antelope with my bow and at that point when i started doing it like there was nobody that thought you could spot and stalk them with a bow yep. uh but once yeah. you build your skill set you can consistently kill good bucks with a bow and arrow on the ground and it's so yep. thrilling yeah i think you brought up a lot of things that i wanted to like just touch base on but anyways first on the um antelope yeah that is true they it seems like so we actually are my hunt got cut a little bit short and i didn't end up shooting any giant buck but he's a little buck and he's got tiny little prongs uh, cutters on him but he's tiny but still delicious eating but it's crazy like the rut was so intense that i am convinced if we would have had one of those hats that people wear or whatever a montana decoy the buck that chased um my buck off multiple times because i watched this buck which we got to about 100 yards and he had about his seven or eight does and then he saw two other bucks coming and he ran 300 yards or more dead sprint to chase those two bucks off and the smaller buck that i ended up shooting just was dumb enough to just keep trying to go after and i'm sitting on this open hillside with my brother like oh my gosh this buck is going to push this buck right to us and that's exactly what he did and but i'm like if we would have had a montana decoy that buck would have been on on us so quickly yeah i think i think you're right like um you know i haven't it's, used them so cool. i haven't used him much like i'm so in love with like the art of stealth and spot and stock yeah. and that you know i've always thought if i can spot and stock 
you know, well, I can kill any animal out there in any season. And so I like Mm -hmm. pride myself on that with antelope. But a lot of times I'm playing into the antelope strengths instead of their weaknesses, like playing into their weakness of, you know, they're not scared of blinds or uh, they cross fences in the same spot. Or like you say, the ability to decoy. And I did decoy a buck one time. Uh, My dad had a decoy. And it was the middle of the rut, and there was a buck in the wide open, and I walked out there and tried to set that thing in the ground, and that thing about ran me over. And I remember (laughs) I was trying to get the stakes in the dirt, but the ground was too hard to get the stakes in to have it stand up, you know? And so I, like, barely got it stood up, and it's trying to blow over, and I – I think I I think I ended up like getting a range, but he was running right at me and he got so close and I think I I think I airballed him. I think I missed him at like oh, thirty geez. yards or twenty five yards or something crazy as I just didn't have a range on him um and sent one over him. But yeah, um it is like playing into their weakness and I think you're right, like with the hat or with the decoy in in the right time of year, in the peak of the rut, mm-hmm. like what you were hunting, I'm sure you could do some damage with one of those. Yeah, it was fun. Our, like I said, my hunt got cut short. We had a family loss and everything like that. So I was up there for a, literally a day. We hunted one day. I had two stocks, a stock in the morning, stock in the evening, uh, stocks throughout the day as well. So I think we had six stocks that first day. And then the next morning we had to get going by like noon. And I'm like, I'm shooting whatever comes to me, honestly. And this one came. But it's crazy because those shots, I mean, I feel like antelope are broadside until you go to shoot and then they're always facing you it's like every single time they just turn and they're just looking at you so i'm like what the heck i have to take a frontal shot and anyways it was pretty fun though yeah they can they can catch or detect movement so well and so trying to draw your bow and trying to get your bow high enough above the grass to get a pin on them and yeah they almost always see you and then turn and come towards you or come right at you so yeah no they're a real yeah. challenge and then they're a bugger too for jumping strings like they will yeah. flat get out of the way of an arrow it's not you know most of the shots are longer and it's not like this this ducking the arrow before it gets there they're like they're flat two yards four yards beyond the arrow by the time it hits the dirt like they can react really quick you know and jump the string and so i mean all you can do is put the pin where it goes and execute your shot and um it seems like eventually one will hold still but yeah it's probably like maybe 50 percent or maybe a third or i guess depends on the bow and the harmonics or whatever but a lot of them will jump your string yeah yeah that was but again that was so much fun i'm like all these people that are in love with elk hunting which it seems like you see on um instagram or social media it's like september hits and everyone's like whatever about these early season mule deer you know we're gonna forget those and we're just gonna be elk hunting for all september i'm like cool i'm gonna go i'm gonna go antelope hunting now that's my new favorite thing to do (laughs) well and there's something special to like having the prairie to yourself or having the mountains to yourself it's like you know off-season hunting in montana like right now in october i've had a buddy out here that's done great hunting and there's no hunting pressure around and good bowls Mm -hmm. like sometimes it is just like this this off-season hunting or like um you know heading out and hunting pre-rut mule deer with a bow before anybody gets out there with a rifle like there's these 
certain parts of the season that I think you can take advantage of where you can get just this amazing experience where it's just you and the prairie and the, the mm-hmm. antelope or you and the mountains and the elk or whatever it is. And uh, it's it's just like such a quality experience, you know, versus, you know, where when there's a lot of hunting pressure. And, you know, I deal with the hunting pressure fine. I can still go find my own experiences. Yep. The, like the mountains are big enough, but in the same breath, it is nice not to see boot tracks or to be the only guy hunting a species there. You know, that's, exactly. that's pretty fun. I and mean, that was interesting about Montana is how um, – obviously hunting the public land so all the checkerboard style of it and it was just so like you'd have like a you know a half of an like an acre by or not even an acre by an acre but like a mile by a mile and that's basically all you'd have to hunt and then go to the next one and like there'd be little there'd be antelope in those little sections but it's just kind of interesting there but as far as getting away from pressure and stuff like you said i thought it was really cool um montana speaking of like of the elk used to live on the prairie. So I shot a Buffalo last year here in Utah with my bow, which was super cool. And, um, but just imagining like the amount of Buffalo there in Montana, as I thought sat there looking across the prairie, I'm like, I bet they were just, I mean, it looks like ideal country for Buffalo, you know, anyways, just a thought that came to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Historically there were just a ton of Buffalo across these prairies. Um, yeah, there's actually a Buffalo jump that's near me where the Indians would run them off the cliffs, you know, and then camp down below and process them there. And then, you know, we find, um, chips of obsidian and, and arrowheads. And like the, the same day I found my bull, I found like a tip of an obsidian arrowhead that was like super cool. And the, like, on the same ridge or in the same place where I was, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was hunting sheep or, uh, you know, what he yeah. was hunting, but yeah, man, that, um, that bison had to be a cool experience. That's not an easy tag to draw. Like one of those free range Utah archery tags. Exactly. Is that it yeah, man. It was, congratulations. Yeah. So it was, I hear those are really things. tough. It was so much fun. Like, and they really are like, like you say about, about this moose hunt that you're on right now, like every animal has its own distinct features that make it, so exciting and just with bow hunting like that's whatever season is in i'm like that's the animal that i love hunting um but that move that excuse me that bison hunt it really was difficult in the fact of they are they are jumpy critters like they're huge they weigh a lot but they are jumpy like we could get within bow range i think i i think we did like i think it was a total of like 12 stocks that i got within bow range every single time and then the wind would switch and they don't just like stand up like an antelope even and look at you. They like stand up and run for miles and don't stop. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Like I was there, I was in their wheelhouse. And so it was, it was, it definitely had its challenges, but it was cool. I ended up shooting one. Um, yeah. Free ranging. He was a nice bull and, um, had my whole family there, my wife and my daughter, I guess. Um, and some friends there and it just was an awesome experience um perfect shot 70 yard had a complete pass through um it was just a cool experience like bow hunting buffalo we're still eating the meat right now to this day and it's just so awesome Man, that's great performance on your weapon too to get a, a pass through a good distance like that perfect shot have that bison like a one arrow kill that's pretty impressive with your gear as well yeah, I was super happy about that's honestly like um so yeah, that's what I like last year I set everything up to be like I'm hunting buffalo 
And then I shot that buffalo. Then the next week I shot a cow elk. Um, same thing about the same distance, 70, 75 ish yards. And same thing, one arrow. Like, so anyways, as a bow hunter, like that's exactly what you live for. And when I was, um, you hear all these stories of, you know, these bison that soak up all this lead and you're going to shoot them five, six times with, you know, a 300 ultra mag and like all these um, stories like that. And um, so I want to go to one of your, one of the things you said earlier is so many people were like, there's no way you'll get, you'll kill one with a bow. There's no way you'll, um, you know, get close enough to kill one with a bow. There were so many of those naysayers. And so I think that's also the challenge of like, no, I'm going to do this. It's been done. I'm doing it as well. And that's what I love about it. And just the, the challenge there. And, um, yeah, so that's what I set everything up for. And that was almost like a fear of mine is like, if I don't hit this good, I don't want this Buffalo running away with an arrow stuck in it. And so to have it like perfect shot, I was just super happy with that. It doesn't get any better, right? Like quality execution, quality shot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm sure a bison, you know, unless hit lethally would just go forever. Such a tough animal and so big. Yeah. Uh, how was like the process in the, the pack out? You said you had a bunch of your family there with you. Well, I had my wife and my daughter, so it was a it was a cool process, and I've talked about it before that um, like we ended up going down there. Had a friend um, who helps actually guide on that area, and um, so he does that. His family was there with young kids, so when we stalked into it, um, I was actually by myself as I stalked in, and then my buddy came back and kind of sat on the hillside watching, and I sat in this open sagebrush, you know, area for like four hours in the blistering hot sun in the desert of Utah. And this was August. I think I shot him August like ninth. Um, so hot, hot as can be. And after we shot him, the whole process is like shot him at like four thirty-five. This is after like waiting for the thermals to switch, um, moving in on a herd of about 70. And then, um, the herd that he was in was about 35 and they were a little bit closer and like he came out into the sagebrush just like rutting and like tearing up the sagebrush and I'm like at one point I'm like I'm actually kind of scared like <laughs> this is a big animal and all I have is a tiny little like pinion juniper to protect me so sneaking on my hands and knees and I just remember like the sand being so hot on my hands that like as you're you know as you're stalking and as you're bow hunting and you're on your hands and knees stalking in. And I'm like, every time I put my hand in, I'm like, gosh, it's hot. Oh, and my knees, I've been my there. knees were hot. And it's just like everything's. And I, so as I'm coming in, like I left my, I remember leaving my backpack. And then I remember taking just my spotting scope and my pistol. And then I remember like leaving my spotting scope. And then I remember like just shedding, <laughs> shedding items as I got closer. I remember like setting my pistol down and being like, okay, I'm going in bow and arrow. And I get within. 35 yards and there's a herd of buffalo and I can hear him snorting and like doing all like grunting and all sorts of things and I'm sitting there no water nothing for multiple hours and like little tiny raindrops are coming down and I'm like trying to catch these raindrops with my mouth because I'm just like parched <laughs> and so anyways eventually he stands up the wind again the wind switches crazy thing and instead of them like standing up looking, they just take off in a herd. And I'm like, what the heck? The dust settles. He's still standing there looking at me with his cow. So I draw back. And he's 35 yards. And then all of a sudden he takes off and runs out to 70, turns and stops and looks at me. And I'm like, 
now or never. So I die on my side, do the whole process, shoot, make a perfectly executed shot. It went um, through his heart. He was slightly quartered away. It was just a great shot. It actually hit low, which in a buffalo you want. And I'm like, oh, man, it was too low. So I'm like freaking out and all sorts of things. And um, anyways, we end up. it ends up then pouring after that. So as a, again, bow hunter, you're like, oh, no, the blood trail is going to be gone. <laughs> and um, we go back up to the truck, and um, we're like two miles away up, up to camp, two, two and a half miles. Um, get my wife and daughter and my friend and his son, and we hike back down there, and we go right up to the blood trail, and we find this bull dead, and he piled up. He probably only ran two, 300 yards died probably within i don't know a few minutes is all and um so then we start the process and we didn't get back to camp it took us about four four and a half hours to process the whole thing take i mean we couldn't even these animals are so big that we tried to get them up to take the typical like buffalo picture but we just like the three adults we just could not do that and so we have my seven-year-old my friends my buddy's seven-year-old they're there in the middle of the night they're asleep by the fire as we're cutting up this buffalo, and then we hike out in, in the pitch black with buffalo on our backs and get back to camp at 3.34 in the morning. And it was just such a crazy experience. Like, it really, like, that's that's the quick version, but it's just awesome. So cool. Man, it's, like, such an adventure and so so killer to share it with, like, good people and to share it with your family and, um, you know, and, and to have that middle-of-the-night pack out. It's just wild, man. Yeah, my my daughter. It was cool. Like she was, so she was seven, and like I said, my buddy's son was is seven, I think, seven or eight, and they were just like um, to have them there, like cheering us on. We're walking in the middle of the night, and like it's just an experience that my wife and my daughter and I will just never ever forget. Like it was just so cool. But I think. Um, one of those, like you said, that like I said, that comment where people are like, "Oh, you can't get that done with a, you know, a bow." It's just like you gotta, yes, you can. Like, just bow hunting is tough. You just gotta keep pushing through and time in the field, um, and just lots of stocks, lots of. That's what I'm. That's what I'm working on right now is just trying to find that find find this big buck. It's just like multiple days and time just trying to get it done. Persistence is deadly, you know. You just got to yep. keep putting forth effort, effort, keep going. I just uh, keep keep telling myself that same thing. Just any free morning or evening I can squeak out. It's just, okay, one more. Just got to make it happen, you know. Sure, I'll be tired. I'll be driving half the night to make it home. But, um, you know, I've got a good supportive family, and it's like, man, persistence is deadly. If nothing else, if I'm good at nothing else in bow hunting, I'm persistent. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like but, the one thing that, exactly. that really kills animals. So, yeah, man. And, oh, I... and so many other facets go into it, too, you know, like, like being clutch on stocks and your instincts and, you know, being able to have good areas or how to find good areas. Like, there's... There's so much that goes into it, and then like what you specialize in too, like physical fitness. Like it wasn't too many yeah. years ago, and guys didn't see the benefit of it, you know. So like, tell me about uh, it's it's mountain physio, right? And I met you up at TAC, and so yep. uh, tell me like uh, the company and and why you started it and um, uh, what you guys are all about. Yeah, thanks. No, I, um, it, you're absolutely right. I think it's interesting to see the fitness realm in hunting and how it's changed to I, I brought this up multiple times that I feel like hunting used to be this and especially maybe even bow hunting like it wasn't this 
365 days a year season. It was like, let's go out in August, you know, and we'll hunt. And maybe there were those, those diehards. It just wasn't as um, prevalent, I guess. But now it's like, if you really want to get that moose, if you, if I really want to get after that deer, like you have got to be on the top of your game, not only like hunting wise, but when, like we said all that and like persistent and everything else, but you got to be on the top of your game. So with that, comes injury and um so what i'm do i'm a doctor of physical therapy and i graduated um from the university of utah here and as i was in my residency program in orthopedics i just was thinking i'm like i've always kind of been that entrepreneur where i've loved to start my own thing and um the fitness this was god this was four or five years ago now and um almost five years and the fitness realm was was growing and continue to grow and you had a lot of um personal trainers and stuff out there doing a lot of good stuff and you know doing a lot of conditioning and everything but i'm like man where's that where's that physical therapist where's the doctor in the in the hunting industry that's you know preaching rehab and that's you know promoting um like a whole health body um awareness and like sleep and hydration and all sorts of things nutrition of like where's where's that and where's the science into the hunting industry and so that's where I started my business was so like I said about four or five years ago and just saw this kind of void I'm gonna say in the hunting industry where there's a lot of good trainers pushing you know you got to be fit and you got to do this and you got to be super strong but I'm like where there was a void is that rehab like you're out in the middle of the season now let's rehab an injury let's do some prevention on injuries as well and so I started up my practice and um, now it's grown like crazy and go to all these tax and 3D events and hiring. I've hired therapists across the country now, so I have them working for me. And so just such a cool thing. Like I see it really going across the whole country and providing physical therapy to specifically like bow hunters, hunters, and just outdoors athletes um, across the country. So anyways, I'm super, super blessed, super cool. I love I love what I do. I love mountain physio. Like it's been a fun thing to start. So yeah, it's super cool, man. Uh, the the physical therapy or the the mountain. So like um, a lot of the clients you're working with are trying to like rehab an injury or maybe have some like pain in the spot that they're trying to get rid of, or are they working on like range of motion? And then like what are some of the like preventative stuff you do with your clients to to prevent injuries? Is it like for your to prepare your knees for for loads or like a uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. No, you bring um, up a good point. That so, a lot of my clients. So I'd say honestly, ninety. Um, I'm an orthopedic specialist, so that's what my board specialty is in. And there's not a. Um, so I'm a board specialist in orthopedics, and then I've turned that to archers and bow hunters. So like for me, been an archer for the last twenty years, bow hunting for the last twenty years, and um now work with the USA archery team. So I'll go travel to like the world cups with them and just kind of having a physical therapist. That's also knows archery and bow hunting is super important for them. So anyways, a lot of the stuff that I do, I'd say 99% of the people that I see, I do see the, you know, have volleyball players and high end athletes that way, but 99% of the people I see are avid bow hunters that, are just preparing for whether it's a once in a lifetime tag or deer hunting or elk hunting or whatever it is like, and, um, a lot of back pain. I see a lot of 
people with back pain, shoulder pain. Knee pain is probably one of the most prevalent where people have some sort of knee pain and they want to prevent it from getting it worse. They want to rehab it. And so, yes, um, giving them, like preparing them for loads and helping them um, where my skill set is and specialty is basically finding the appropriate dosage or say, we'll say the appropriate load to not cause extra injury, but also enough that we're doing something. And this is super common. Um, you'll probably appreciate this as a bow hunter. Like I call it arrow dosing. So you want to shoot enough arrows every day, but you also don't want to shoot too many arrows where it's just, you know, you're causing an extra inflammatory response or you're causing extra injury. And so I help people with that, put together programs for, um, individualized programs to help them with knees, backs, hips, neck, everything, you name it, shoulders, but also individualized programs specific towards hunting. Oh, right on. So like if a guy has like a rotator cuff problem or he's got like a, a knee that's bothering him or his back sore and he's got his once in a lifetime hunt coming up or season coming up, then he calls you a month out, two months out, three months out, whatever it is. And it's like, doc, how, how bad is it? Like, uh, how can, what can we yep. do leading up to it? And so then you give him, you know, a, like you say, a, a number of arrows he can shoot or a number of miles or you know, the, the mm -hmm. physical therapy he can do to strengthen it and get it better for season. And then, um, yep. you say you also do programs for just guys that want to prepare, right. That come in and see it and go, Hey doc, I don't, you know, like me, I, I, I train really hard and, you know, I may get some minor bumps and bruises along the way, but for the most part, I'm pain free, like no pain in my yeah. joints, no pain in my shoulders, uh, you know, get my back nice and healthy, work on my flexibility, my strength, work on my endurance year round. And so like I would come to you and say, doc, I've got a big season coming up. Um, like I've got all these hunts and got these mountain hunts. And then you would like build me a program for strengthening for those like specific mountain hunt that I'm going on, like a, like a mountain goat hunt next year or something like that. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I've had, um, actually speaking of mountain goats, I've Two of my clients this year, um, both successful on mountain goats. And so, yeah, so th that exact same thing happened. They're like, I've got this big hunt coming up. I'm an avid hunter and I know what it, you know, know what it calls for. And so we put together a program and said, okay, do this every single day for the next, you know, whatever, three months and you'll be ready. And both, both my clients were super successful on, um, on those mountain goat hunts. So I think one, one might be an acquaintance of, I know he's been on the show, but anyways, he'll, he'll maybe reach out to you and tell you, but, um, yeah, anyways, so that's exactly what I do is people who know the sport, but then also people who are new into it and like, Hey, I want to go out West. So I do a lot of virtual, um, based visits. Um, I do a lot of stuff. I'm out of Salt Lake. So I practice out of Salt Lake, have my own clinic here, but then I also do a lot of virtual across the country where putting together these individualized programs and, looking at people form. And so, um, people who are new, they're like, Hey, I want to go out West and go elk hunting. That's a huge thing that everyone seems to be wanting to do. And it's like, okay, well, this is what's necessary for that. And, um, this is where you need to prepare. And so I'll look at them move and kind of do a whole movement analysis and bow hunting analysis where I'll look at them shoot and all sorts of things and correct errors and basically just help people try to move better and without injury. And like, I always say to people, like, I love working with the people who are 30 to, 
you know, 65 because they have some bumps and bruises along the way and they know like they're not as young as those 20 year olds or 18 year olds that can just push through it and be fine the next day. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it's, it's all fun though. I love working with all, all my, all my athletes. Like it's, it's all, yeah, it's fun. Good time. Um, been able to help out a lot of people and feel just very blessed that way actually like it's been it's fun to see people across the country and then referrals from them and coming back and you know if something else is bothering them hey my knees are feeling fine but my shoulder this time or whatever it's just super cool like a fun practice to have man it's like um feeling 100 percent. like we started the conversation talking about how tired we both were you know from season yeah. and work and everything <laughs> else you know which you know, the only reason we can push past that and like, you know, it's part of season. You just fight fatigue and you uh, uh, sleep deprivation and all those things that I'm so good at year round uh, of taking care of myself. Like it suffers during hunting mm -hmm. season because I am pushing my limits. But, you know, there's nothing worse than like not feeling 100 percent like, um, yep. you know, like uh, being on a hunt and pulling my neck out or having a, a back pull out yep. or something like that. And it all comes back to the work you put in prior to season. But it can happen to all of us like the the human body isn't perfect. And as hard as I work at my fitness and flexibility and everything and feeling 100 percent. You know, occasionally I'll have something like that go out where, you know, my back will slip or my neck will slip or something will go out. And anymore with all the fitness that I do, you know, on a scale of one to ten, it's not going to go out on a ten or a, an eight or a nine where I have to be on the couch. For me now, you know, if something goes out, you know, it may be a, a one or a two, you know, something mm -hmm. that – is um uh annoying but something that i can hunt through and get through and i'll feel good in a couple days it's no big deal but um i do see where like like that preparing for season or preventative maintenance on 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 the body to prevent any of those injuries is so important and so to have like somebody build you this custom workout based on you know your ability and flexibility and strength and everything that you analyze you know and also looking at their their archery and their shot man that's a incredible resource and a great idea for a business so since we're on a podcast, like, uh, what can you, what can you give me? What should guys be doing for these Western hunts or what are some of your staples? Like, give me a, an, an average workout that you would maybe draw up for me for a season, maybe something that I'm not doing or not paying attention or something that I should focus on more for these big mountain hunts. Yeah. I think, yeah, for these big mountain hunts, especially is loading up the muscles that you don't typically load up at the gym throughout the year. So everyone works their quads, right? You're doing squats, you're doing some deadlifts and stuff like that. But I'll say, I'm just going to jump into here. Um, the carrying heavy packs and heavy loads and side hilling and all sorts of things. Like if we start from your ankle, like even doing some like specific ankle exercises and like, even though you're hiking and you're doing a bunch of heel raises, um, going up on your toes, like that can be a super effective um, exercise to put on a pack and do some hill raises and stuff, mainly because I've, I've fought this before where you have uh, some Achilles, like some Achilles tendonitis build up because you're just hitting it so hard. Like I think last year, um, I mean, 
it gets dark at whatever, 530 at night. And so, you know, after the hospital or whatever, after some patients, I'd go hit it for two, three hours. And you're just like running up the mountain as quickly as you can to hunt that last 30 minutes. And then back down and the next day, you do the same thing. And so your body can just take some bumps and bruises along the way. So heel raises, balance exercises on like a, the, one of those half balls, the BOSU balls. Um, really good for that ankle stability. Then, so where I was headed with this was like a big core muscle that not a lot of people think about when they're carrying um, packs and stuff. Like if you carry a heavy pack and everything, odds are you're going to feel it right around the outside of your hip muscle. And so those hip abductors, so like a lot of like the leg lifts and stuff with the bands or maybe the monster walks with bands um, is a huge part that I think we need to continue to focus on. Now, especially now, like we're in the middle of the season, you you know hunted 20 days for this moose, and you're going to still hunt another five days, four or five days this next week or this week, and you're just going to keep pushing it super hard. I'm doing the same thing for this mule deer. Is a lot of rehab in the middle of the season is super important, and so the rehab can look like with a lot of the simple exercise bands i've got them on my website like simple exercise bands that you can purchase um or that most people have around the house like that hip workout um the sidestepping just to kind of like sets of two or three sets of you know 10 to 15 repetitions just to kind of keep those muscles awake and the circulation the blood flow to those areas and then another good one is um a lot of people are familiar with some of these yoga poses, but like a figure four or a pigeon pose, um, like cat and camel, bird dogs, things like that, cobra pose, child's pose. A lot of those are really good just to kind of mobilize the entire body and stretch, especially, like I say, now in the middle of the season. Um, and I'll say one more thing that I think is really important, especially for us bow hunters that are um, hunting, you know, we can hunt we can hunt starting in August all the way through the middle of December and then you have other hunts basically down in Arizona that open up right so you can be hunting a lot and have your your quiver full of broadheads basically so if you're not sh- shooting those um, you should a a be shooting regularly throughout the season but at a minimum if you're not shooting every day even a couple arrows like you should definitely be doing some using those exercise bands like I said I've got on my website that um, you can use to just work that rotator cuff and just kind of work those same muscles that we used basically building up to the season. You see this huge push where people are going to total archery challenge and they're shooting hundreds of arrows and then all of a sudden hunting season hits and they're just not doing that anymore because like you said, they're working like you and I were working. And then the time we do have, we're not going to be using it in the gym. We're pushing it out on the mountain, chasing those animals because we know that, you know, that, um, just time in the mountain, time in the field, that consistency or persistent is what gets it done. And so, you know, using some of those simple bands and stuff like that can go a really long way for shoulder health. So that was a lot there, but like those are a few of the exercises that I would choose. Um, and I've got some YouTube videos on this and I've got articles and things like that I've written and stuff. But um, anyways, just a, a bunch of things you can do that people should be Man, it's so spot on. Yeah, there's so much great stuff there. Um, you're exactly right, like on the, the pack weight. Like, um, 
you know, I do a ton of trail running to get ready for a season and I love it because it works all those things you're talking about, my balance and my ankles are so strong, you know, and uh, all my supportive muscles. Like uh, mm-hmm. I get to go uphill and downhill. I get to side hill, like it strengthens all those things. Uh, but, but you're spot on where some years I run so much and haven't put in the pack work. And then even though my legs are in ripping shape, the minute I stick on 45 pounds to go on an expedition style hunt, like all of a sudden now my back is sore after the first day or the first three, four days or working it, it in. So I think it's important to have that that pack on and I did a good job, you know, leading up to season this year. I'm making sure I got those weighted rucks in. I got mm-hmm. and I use like a lot of my scouting trips for that, but just getting that pack on, I mean mowing my lawn, like just any excuse to have my pack on and get used to that weight to where it's just normal. Cause even my day packs ridiculous. It's like, if you're going to yeah. bring a scope and a tripod or you're going to bring a nice camera, I mean, even my day pack is 20 pounds. So man, I thought mm-hmm. that was great. I like, um, I like all that band work that you can do at home. It's so nice not to have to go to a gym and you can get that, that workout and you can get it consistently multiple times a day. It's like I live close to the mountains, so it's easier for me to get to the mountains, but it's still a commitment to drive there, get my workout and drive home. And I do a lot of like strength exercises here at the house, like a lot of body weight exercises. And I noticed for me, like a lot of it, is like awkward positions. Like when I used to pull my back out, it wasn't really lifting heavy loads. My back is strong. It was like lifting heavy loads in awkward positions. And so mm-hmm. it seems like I work just a lot of those core muscles now, a lot of the the uh, the twists or a lot of the like the Turkish get-ups or the, you know, just yep. all that stuff that works like the total core from from top to bottom, you know, it seems like that really helps me out. And the stuff that wears me out the most with these dang moose is like hunting these things in that downfall <laughs> nightmare timber because they like thicker oh, stuff yeah. and they like bottoms. But it's like a parkour course out there. Like this, the uh, trees I'm going under and over, and my packs hooking on, and my like that's what really exhausts me. And and these moose, like I've had different techniques. And this weekend, I knew where a good bull was, or I knew like where this really couple really good drainages are. And so I just went to putting in mountain miles and doing what I know best. You know, it's like, all right, I'm gonna put. 10 to 15 miles, mountain miles on a day, a couple Mm -hmm. thousand feet of vert, and I'm just going to hike around mornings and evenings and glass every little opening and just try to catch these things. And also, like, not only hiking the miles, but moving slow takes so much effort. Like, it takes so much core strength and balance like you were talking about. And so, like, if if you can do that 365 days a year, at least get these strength training workouts in, work on your balance, work on these smaller muscles, work on your back muscles in awkward positions, it pays nothing but dividends come season. And it also... It like strengthens your resolve. It like um you know, making yourself get in these workouts is a bit of paying your dues towards season. And so you're also like sharpening your mind and sharpening your discipline. Like all these things, like there's nothing but benefits from it, man. So yeah, like I I think that's such great advice for the mountains and getting ready for them. And I feel like I've been doing it 
enough years that I've almost shaped my body for the mountains. Like this has been my culture for, you know, like, like you were saying, 25 years, I've been working as hard as I can. And that just keeps evolving every year, you know, at my physical fitness at, at being ready in the mountains. And so like, I've turned my body into a bit of like a, a mountain man where like, it's just, it's used to the work now it's used to the season. It, it remembers it, you know? And so I think Mm -hmm. like that, that year after year uh, of doing those small things and those exercises, I think eventually you shape your body where you you do avoid injuries or like you're really effective during season, man. So such great advice. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's what I love. I love helping like hunters, um, serious. I mean, pretty much everyone probably listening to this podcast and stuff, but just serious mountain athletes, I call them, you know, um, hunters, bow hunters that just, I think like I've said, like I said earlier is you see this, it's no longer like, yeah, we're going to go hunt the opener, you know, for a couple of days. It's, it's turned into this passion that you're hunting or thinking about it or always preparing or, you know, scouting on, on X or whatever it is. Like I'll sit there at night. I'm like, okay, what, which drainage am I going up tomorrow? You know, which drainage am I going to go up on Saturday when I have a little extra time and you're always just putting it together. And so like just making sure that you're putting your body as well. I always say, um, at the top of the list as well, I always tell people like some of the most important, um, most important investment that you can make in hunting is yourself and just being prepared and the knowledge you learn and just really taking care of your body. And so I always tell people like when I work with them, I'm like, my goal, maybe I shouldn't say this, but my goal is to work myself out of a job. I want to teach you the things that you can do on your own to you know help you season after season and maybe next year i'll see you for something else and we'll do the same thing and we just kind of build on it and we kind of just help you know i help you get ready for the season get ready for whatever um you're passionate about which usually comes down to bow some sort of bow hunting which is just so fun man that's, that's um that's beautiful preston yeah that's like what it's all about well the the reason why you're doing so well with mountain physio it's it's your passion like you you are one of us living the lifestyle you know yeah. what it means and you're working just as hard as we are to find that consistent success year after year and so you have like a passion for it and so like you can you, you really care about guys and you want them want to see them succeed and you know what it takes to succeed you know and so uh you know you're able to prepare them for the mountains like you would prepare for the mountains and so yeah i think it's uh like a great thing when you can help these guys and there's nothing you you feel so helpless when you have an injury or when something's paining you and it it's 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 tough on us guys physically right if we're capable of doing it but it's it almost weighs on our mind mentally. Like we, we wonder, is this really hurt? How bad is this? Can, am I going to be able to hunt this season? Like just the stress load of worrying about it. Like, am I going to be a hundred percent where they can come talk to, you know, somebody mm-hmm. like you that's, that's, um, that's studied and trained and paid his dues and in, in both bow hunting and the medical field, you know, to where you can advise them and go, here's, Here's what I think it is. Here's what we can do moving forward. Let's make you a plan. You're going to go do your hunt this season. We're going to get you healed up. Like, man, that is a gift you were given to guys, you know, because um, it, it'd be pretty helpless, like having an injury and not being able to go on your dream hunt. So, like, what a great yeah. resource you are, man. Well, thank you. All right, that, that means a lot to me to hear that. I really I appreciate that. It's exactly what, like, this lady, um, this, this um, individual I was working with tonight um, – 
basically, yeah. I mean, wanted that same thing, just some confirmation, like, is this really that bad or what can I do? Am I going to injure it more? Go through the full evaluation and, you know, be like, this is what it is. This is the diagnosis and let's, um, this is the plan. And just sometimes that, like you said, that peace of mind, because mentally for sure, I, I oftentimes think that more than a physical therapist working on the body, um, as a physical therapist in the training that I have, um, as a, just with behavior and helping people mentally as well as a huge portion of what I do and is just helpful for people to have that confidence in. So yeah, man, yeah, I'm no, just, I uh, that. yeah, well, I'm just smiling because it is so funny. Yeah. You're a uh, part psychologist as well. You know, like, you know, exactly. like, you know, what's like going that. through our us hunters head, you know, and, and then, you know, the injury so well and what they've done and what they're capable of, you know? So, uh, yeah, a bit of a psychologist as well, man. Yeah. That's, um, uh, exactly. that's awesome. Well, you're doing good work. Will you, uh, uh, hopefully stay injury free. I will. But, um, yeah, if I, if I ever come across anything, you're going to be the first phone call I make or even a little twist or tweak. Um, I'll definitely be dialing you up to see how I can strengthen that more, you know, or what exercises I can be doing to target, you know, whether that's the lower back or whether it's the upper yep. neck. It seems like anytime I hurt something like that, it's like, man, what, what could I be doing more of yep. to prepare my body yeah. so this doesn't happen? And so, uh, uh, I'm probably going to be bugging it, you all the time now, but I really appreciate you coming yeah. on, Preston. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Text me anytime. Like you said, at total archery challenge, when I saw you there, I was like, listen to Brian. I know he's, he's basically my type of person right there. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do this podcast. We gotta get together. Cause yeah, you call me anytime. Cool. Um, where can guys get a hold of you at? Uh, best option is my website probably at Mountain Physio, just mtnphysio.com. So mountainphysio.com, I laugh kind of because my mom was wearing my one of my shirts that I had made up and stuff. And someone said, Mountain Psycho, what's that? And I was like, well, I guess if the, I guess if the shoe fits, but it's mountainphysio.com. I'm kind of one of those as well. But mountainphysio.com, Instagram is probably um, – the easiest way you can dm me and it is or that's where i'm most active and that's mountain underscore physio and on facebook and everything else youtube but mountainphysio.com is my website and people can reach out to me i've got a bunch of resources there for them too man so cool yeah, well thanks for everything you're doing preston i really enjoyed the conversation of course thanks brian all right guys that's a wrap. Fun conversation with Preston. That guy is so knowledgeable. Man, if I ever had, well, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna hit him up no matter what. But if I ever had an injury, he'd be the first call I'd make. Um, but I'm gonna hit him up in the off season as well, as I want to be doing everything I can to prepare my body. I saw a great post on his social media the other day. It was oh, it was a hamstring stretch. And uh, a really good one as my hamstrings, um, you know, get fairly tight when I'm running and things. So uh, that that looked like a, a good exercise to get my hamstrings ready to get them warm. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Puts on a great social media, uh, runs a great business, and really happy I connected with them. And, um, yeah, hopefully you guys learned something as well. Uh, also want to thank Eastman's for all their support. Uh, you can check out the Mule Deer course, check out Tag Hub. Uh, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. Check us out on Beyond the Grid, uh, which you can search YouTube, Eastman's Hunting TV, and uh, be good to go there. 
Uh, also want to thank our sponsors for the support. Thanks so much to Cryptech. Man, those guys have just been on it. And they they um, do such a good job of, uh, you know, at least this relationship that I have with them, that Eastman's has with them. They really want my input on gear, uh, how they can improve it, what should be next. And it's just amazing to have that kind of relationship and input onto, into the gear that I, that I wear that... Uh, uh, that keeps me out there hunting longer, keeps me safe in the mountains. So I'm just so impressed by the company. I really like everybody there at the company. In fact, I want to get uh, Josh on. He's one of the founders, and uh, we almost we almost connected last week, and he had some company come into town. But I'm going to get him on the podcast. Guy's a diehard bow hunter, and he's a student of the game. He's just like us. Like He sat in on one of my seminars and then had a bunch of insight and questions, and you can just tell that guy loves hunting with every fiber of his being. And so uh, they're a hunting company, uh, uh, pro-Second Amendment company, uh, military veterans. I just really like supporting this company. So make sure to check them out at Cryptech. Uh, another great company is uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. I absolutely love their coffee. I'm drinking it right now. It's 4.30. I didn't get much sleep last night as I need to get back in there and, and uh, get that moose packed out. But uh, I absolutely love their coffee. It fuels me day in, day out. Love their instant packets. Just a, a, a another great company that I love showing my support to. And then also uh, Black Ovis um, stepped up as sponsors here on uh, Eastman's Elevated. Those guys are hunters as well. In fact, I need to check in with them and, and uh, see how their hunting season went. But just a great internet retail store. Uh, you can get great deals on there. And also put in that Como, uh, co- you can tell I'm, I'm just out of it, promo code, not Como Prode. <laughs> so uh, you put in that promo code, uh, it's Eastman's 10, save yourself 10% there at Black Ovis. And also check out Camo Fire, uh, super addictive app, but there's 80 new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours, so you can get some smoking deals on some great name brand gear. And man, with that, uh, yeah, just in the middle of this experience, got to head back in, uh, get that moose out here this morning. So um, just super stoked, like what a great stock, great shot. I mean, the bull went 20 yards. Uh just amazing man i've been after those things hard looking for the right bull and um gosh i uh it was getting late in the season it's uh not quite a buzzer beater but it's getting close with my timing as i do have to move here come november 15th i've got a muley trip coming up that we're going to try to to film and capture and so um really running short on days and um put a bunch of time and effort i don't know how much gas in my rig and how many days and not seeing? I did see a bunch of moose, and then so I feel really good. There's a healthy population in this unit, and uh, it's it's just been an absolute wild ride. Um, man, it's like the the more you put into something, the more it means, and it's just all these seasons of these tough hunts, like tough elk hunts that take me 20 days deep, or some of these bear hunts where you know I don't see a bear for days, and I've got to just keep going. And so uh, I was able to channel all that energy into this moose hunt. As it, um, you know, you you'll hear it on these podcasts as I get frustrated at times, but I just try to keep my head right, try to keep putting effort, try to keep theorizing, and now almost 30 days in, able to arrow a great bull. So man, I'm just super stoked so uh, I better get my backpack loaded up and a fresh thermos of coffee and um, get in there and start um, getting this bowl out of country so thanks so much you guys for all the support um, I, I appreciate you a ton 
uh, really happy for your guys' success here uh, this season. And I will get back to all my uh, Instagram personal messages just running a bit behind here. Just like I say, every free moment is spent either working or trying to hunt a moose or getting this podcast out to you guys. So uh, it's just been extremely busy, but it's been uh, it's been a good thing and a wild ride. And um, yeah, hunting season's starting to wrap up, but got a couple more hunts here left and um, want to go hard on those. And then um, got to buckle down and get this house done for me and my family to get into and uh, definitely have some responsibility to get to. Uh, but what a season. So, uh, Wild, thanks so much for the support, guys. I really appreciate you. And um, now with that, I'll check in with you guys next week.